I was just saying thank you to the team there was leading us in praise and worship. What a blessing uh, to be in the Lord's presence on the Lord's day. Though we are pressed down, we're not destroyed. Uh, We are shaken and rattled a little bit, but God is still on the throne. He is the Lord God Almighty, and we are His people, and we're praising Him. We're preaching His word, and we are... We're just being the body of Christ, the church. I do want to say just a couple of things before I get into the message today that God has given me. First of all, thank you. Thank you for all your support. My word, never seen such outpouring of grace and love and compassion from people as far away as Israel and all over the world, really, and all over the United States. So thank you for your kindness and your compassion toward Great Hills as we have uh, stepped into a really catastrophic situation here as far as our building, our facilities go. As Pastor Terry mentioned, three inches of water, that's a lot of water uh, to permeate our building. And yet in the midst of that, uh, we have seen God just work one miracle uh, after another. As uh, was mentioned earlier with, um, with Brad Farr and his team of people, I counted yesterday over 70 people, uh, at least over 60 people on our campus with the water restoration, drying out the carpet and just doing Uh, an amazing work. That is a lot of people. And so we praise the Lord in the midst of the hardship, in the midst of the difficulty, the setback. We don't know what it's going to look like, really. We don't know how long we will be in this format, but we're trusting God and we're asking you to do something, Great Hills. We're asking you for three things. Number one, your prayers. We do ask you to pray and pray some more. It's very interesting. Just over the last few weeks, we've really intensified our prayer ministry Uh, here at Great Hills, and God has not forgotten us. He has not abandoned us. In fact, He is very close to us, and He is working miracles in the midst of the mayhem, in the midst of the madness. God is showing Himself strong, and I just love that, how God is just blessing us even in the midst of this calamity, this catastrophe, this disruption, devastation, call it what you will, And it was very moving. I have to admit, yesterday, walking all over the campus, and Brad gave me the tour, uh, it was disheartening. I know the church is the people of God. I get that. But there is something sacred about this place because this is the place where we meet. This is the place where we lead people to Christ and baptize them and many times disciple them. And it's the place where we fellowship around God's Word, the Lord's Supper, baptism. So this is a sacred place, and you, you never want to see your your church go through what we have gone through and what we're currently going through. But number one, pray. Number two, I ask you to be patient. I know so many <laughs> your patience. You're like, I don't have no more patience, Brother Dan. My patience is gone, and I get it. Mercy, what a what a crazy last few months from the pandemic, societal unrest, uh, political upheavals, rioting. Many of you lost your power, you lost your water. You, six days, some of you endured the cold and, and again, no water and just the shivering and the difficulty only to find out that your church had been flooded. Now, I imagine there were a few of you going, just throwing up your hands in the air like, what in the world could happen next? Well, let me just encourage you with this. None of it caught God by surprise. He's still on the throne. He loves you. The very fact that you're breathing, that you're alive, and that we have this capacity to speak life and truth and mercy and grace into you tells me God's in control. God is on his throne. He's not abdicated his power. One iota, he is 
the Lord God Almighty. So keep praying and be patient, okay? Be patient. And thirdly, it was mentioned earlier, we do need you to give, to give your tithes and your offerings. Uh, of course, all of this has to go through online unless you mail in your check. We have a huge deductible uh, to take care of our, our facility. Also, our facility will be closed indefinitely, and, and that hurts us because our church is a place where many people hold different events that helps our church financially, so that's going to be a setback for us. So already people are reaching out to me saying, how can we help financially? You can go to ghbc.org slash give, and just know we will appreciate it. We'll continue on to preach the word, love the people, and be the people of God that he's called us to be. My text today is Isaiah chapter 43, and I want you to read with me verses 1 through 7 in just a minute, but let me give you a little backstory as to what uh, happened to me as to uh, what is going on in this text. I was reading in Deuteronomy the other day in my quiet time. In fact, it was a Thursday morning uh, when we got the information from Pastor Terry here at Great Hills. He took the video, showed the devastation. That morning, you tell me that God is not always a step ahead. Listen, he's always a step ahead. I read these words in Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. Now, keep this in mind. This is the day of we're about to find out this news. The Bible says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. And I thought, wow, thank you, Lord. I love that passage of Scripture. Little did I know, a few hours later, we would find out that our church had been just catastrophically uh, invaded with, with water. And then 1230 that morning, I get a text from one of our men, godly men here at the church, Tom uh, Oganlay, and he sent me a text, and it went like this. He said, so hard to hear of the water damage. We can all be strengthened, though, by the Word of God. And then he gave me this text. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. And so, Tom, what I did at that time, I just read that text, and the Spirit of God began to speak to me. And so I began to write a message, a brand new message for our church, for this crisis, for such a time as this. And so I'm going to read the, the text within its context. It's Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. The title of my message is simply this, When You Pass Through the Waters. When You Pass Through the through the waters. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and share with everybody this message. I know uh, many of my family are, are listening today, and God bless you. My brother and his wife, Jerry and Gina, God bless y'all there in Alabama. I believe Larry and Evelyn are watching us also, and uh, my uh, sweet aunt passed away uh, just yesterday, uh, uh, Betty, and I know many of my family is grieving and going through a hard time, so many of y'all are watching, and I say greetings to you. God bless you. And again, many all over the nation and the world are tuning in, listening to this message. Look, your home may not have lost electricity. You, you may still have your water. Your church may have not been flooded. Like all of those things have happened to us. However, you have your own waters. You have your own troubles. You have your own strain and pressures and, and vicissitudes of life. And so you open up the word of God and you, you tune this message in and you're like, Lord, speak to me, oh God. 
because I'm passing through some waters. I'm passing through some hard times, some grief, some debt, some devastation, some marital discord through some children or grandchildren that are breaking my heart. And God, what am I going to do in all of this stress? God, I feel like I'm going under the water. Lord, I need you to lift me up. Mm, you're in the right place, brother. Sister, you are in the right place at the right time, listening to the Word of God being preached from Great Hills Baptist Church right here, right now, when the waters pass through. All right, here we go, verses 1 through 7. We'll read the Word of God to you. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, and that's the title of our text today. When you pass, not if, but when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. Come on now. I want you all just repeat that with me right there in your home, right there in your bedroom, right there wherever you may find yourself. You may be walking. It's beautiful outside in Austin, Texas. You would never realize one week ago today, this massive storm which was swept across central Texas. You never would imagine that right now because it's beautiful outside. It's going to be like 70 degrees. Come on now. For I am the Lord your God, Jehovah Elohim the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not. <laughs> Fear not for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to, the, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Now look at verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. This passage of Scripture was written by Isaiah the prophet. It's around 700 B.C., centuries before Jesus would come. The nation of Israel had experienced some incredibly difficult times. In fact, God birthed this nation out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their descendants went into Egypt for 400 years, right? And God gave them a great deliverance. Through Moses, it's called the Exodus. It means to come out. And God brought his children of Israel out of Egypt and bondage into the promised land of liberty and freedom from captivity. And yet, here we are a few hundred years later from that climactic event, and Israel finds herself in trouble again. She has forsaken God. She's turned her back upon the commandments of God, and God has chastised her and disciplined her, and so now she finds herself in captivity again, not in the west in Egypt, but over in the east uh, in Babylon. And yet Isaiah the prophet, God speaks to him through him this message of hope, this message of, hey, you're going to pass through these waters. You're going to walk through this fire. But the Lord God Almighty, he is with you. He is for you. He is going to take you from where you are and put you where you need to be. Now, you said, but wait a minute, Pastor Danny. This, this was not written 
uh, uh, to me. I, I'm not back in the seventh century, and I'm not in captivity, and I'm not Israel. Please listen to this hermeneutical principle. I think it'll help you a lot. Though this was not written to you, this was written for you because this is the Word of God. And the principles that it contains transcend every epic milieu of time because this is the written Word of God. And here we are, and we get to read it and experience, and the same life principles that applied to Israel then are the principles that are going to apply to us today. All right, And I have a few principles, and I want to share these with you by way of encouragement. All right, Number one, remember, when you pass through the waters, remember that God created you. Remember that God formed you. He fashioned you. This was very interesting to me as I was studying this text. You notice it in verses 1 and 7, the number of times it says, but thus says the Lord who created you, and O Jacob, and he who formed you. O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Then look at verse 7. For everyone who calls by my name, whom I have created for my glory. Again, verse 7, I have formed you, or I have made you. Numerous times, God speaks through Isaiah the prophet to the people in their calamity, in their disruption, in their captivity. Please remember, you are mine. And I fashioned you. I created you. And even though you're going through a very hard time right now, and you may develop spiritual amnesia and begin to forget the goodness and the grace of God and the power of God, the Word of God reminds us and says, wake up, listen up, God made you. Woo. God fashioned you. Now, having said that, if God made you, fashioned you, created you, and formed you, could God forget impossible. Think about us as hum, human beings, parents who had our children. I mean, I would die before I would forget my children and, and love them and provide for them and care for them. You, my friend, are created in the image of God. He has not forsaken you or forgotten. He can't. It's impossible. We are inscribed upon his hands. Jesus Christ, who purchased you with his blood, the Holy Spirit of God who fills you. Can he forget you? Absolutely not. Will he allow us to go through difficulty? Will he allow the floods to come and the earthquakes and the fire and the devastations and the pandemics? Does God allow that? Yes, it happens, and it is happening, but God is greater. He loves you, my friend. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forsaken Great Hills Baptist Church. In fact, we're seeing God do miracles in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the devastation. We're watching God just put one piece after another. You say, well, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Because we're the Lord's. We're his people. He can't forget us. He can't forsake us. And I speak these words to you by word of affirmation, really, as a word of encouragement to you. So let us take courage in knowing who we are. And because of who we are, we can minister out of a place of hurt. We can minister out of a place of difficulty. So many stories I have read and I've heard firsthand how many in our church have just gone above and beyond checking on one another, helping neighbors, feeding people, clothing people, opening up your homes and, 
And I'm like, way to go, church. I'm so incredibly proud of you. And by the way, I have seen the extended body of Christ do some amazing things toward us as a church, friends of mine, pastor friends of mine, who've been reaching out to me. I've got numerous calls from, from people and texts. In fact, it took me a few a long time, I almost said a few hours, maybe so, just responding to text and private Facebook messages and phone calls, just people pouring out. Why? Because we're God's people. And he, the God who created us is the God who is sustaining us through his people, through his church. So number one, remember who you are, that God created you. Number two, lean in. Lean into the presence of God. In this text, in verses 2 and 5, I, I love this affirmation. Look at it, what it says in verse 2. Isaiah says, and the Lord will be with you. Okay. Verse 5, it says, for I am with you. Some of you want to have a rebuttal and say, but I, I don't feel like the Lord is with me. When I'm shivering cold and I can't flush the toilet and I don't know if I'm even going to get over this mess financially, and my word, I've had COVID. I, I, I tell you the truth, brother. I hear what you're saying. I hear what the Bible's saying, but I'm not feeling it, brother. I'm not feeling the presence of God. I feel like the heavens are as brass. I think God has turned his ear from me, and nothing could be further from the truth. Look, God never promised us that we would not go through difficulty. He only promised us he would be with us. He would sustain us. And he speaks to us very powerfully, clearly in this Isaiah 43 text. N number one, I will be with you. Number two, I will not forsake you. I will help you. My presence will guide you. Look, there's something very powerful about presence, about showing up in our time of need. And I was thinking about this earlier, about how so many have reached out to me. Local pastors here in the Austin area, Gilbert Chavez, Tim Hawks, John Burke, so many of these pastors from the Christ Together Greater Austin, they begin to text me and call me and say, Great Hills, we love you. We're with you. We're standing beside you. Look, you can use our church. Look, we will send a team of people. I got a call from a pastor in Boston, Massachusetts said, we'll send a team, brother. Just open up. We'll come. I'm like, hallelujah. That's the presence of God. That's God doing that. That's God working through his church, working through his people, manifesting his love, his compassion, his mercy toward us as a church. And it just, it just moves me. It moves me deeply. Please don't discount presence. You may not know what to say in tragedy, but you could show up. In fact, we've had so many you know, employees, the professional people are out there, 70. They don't need us physically to come. I know if, if, if we did, all we had to do would appeal to you, and you would come, but they've got it covered. In fact, I was, <laughs> I was walking around yesterday, man. Things were coming down out of the ceiling. I, I got to be careful around here. Don't have my hard hat on. This is a, a construction zone. This is a dangerous place because there's been so much damage. But again, you can pray for us, and you can be patient. And you can help financially, and that's a big thing. I mean, uh, we're going to have some serious uh, cost associated with this, obviously, but we're not worried because we know God's in control. And the, God, the same God that created us is the same God who said, I'm going to walk with 
you. Thank you, Lord. I am the Lord your God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Thank you, Lord. Yesterday, as we were walking through the, the campus, Diana Sanchez, one of our employees here, her and Luis, precious people, they've served the Lord here for 30 years, and she broke down and started crying. It, it moves me to tears thinking about it now because of the devastation of what she saw. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's hard to imagine your church, what it, what it looked like yesterday. And so Brad, who owns the, the company, the restoration and the roofing company, uh, we just gathered around him yesterday. And I said, Brad, I want to pray for you. And I laid my hand on his shoulder. Uh, and I just began to pray. And uh, my family, uh, we were here together. And we just got up in a circle. Presence. Presence is powerful. I know it's COVID. No, you got to put your mask on. Put your glove on if you have to. Put, put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Just tell them how much you appreciate them and love them. Look, there's something powerful about showing up in the midst of the calamity. And if we do that as mere mortals, how much more is God doing that for us right here, right now? And I'm grateful to God. There's one more thing I want to share with you by way of a principle that I've learned from this text. We... Uh, Remember that we're created in the image of God. God formed us, crafted us. We are His, right? Number two, we lean into that fact. We lean into His presence, and we allow His presence in us to be manifested and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And uh, as somebody said one time, we, uh, we, we are uh, with skin on. Uh, we, we got the skin, and we, we got the hands and the feet, and we're going to be present and ministering to people and help people. But there's one more thing I want to share with you. Mm. Y'all ready for this one? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be in trepidation and frightful. As we'd say in Alabama, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. That's the word he uses in verse 1. Look at it. He says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Come on now. Fear not. And in verse 5, look at it. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. Do not fear. Fear and faith, they just cannot coexist in the same heart, in the same mind. It's impossible. One will dominate the other. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Now, notice in verse 1, when Isaiah the prophet says, do not fear, and he gives you three reasons why. <laughs> fear not, number one, because I have redeemed you. God says, I'm the one that brought you, Israel, out of the exodus of Egypt. I'm the God that's going to bring you out of Babylon back into the promised land. Not to you, but for you. Check this out. Jesus would tell you, oh, saint, oh, child of God, I'm the one that saved you when you were a child or when you were a teenager. I'm the one that redeemed you. I'm the one that rescued your marriage. I'm the one that uh, rescued your, your family and your finances. I'm the one that's going to do it again. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Don't fear. Are you listening to me? If you're listening to me, say amen. <laughs> Ain't nobody here. I just believe you. If you're listening online, of course you are. Just give me something, an emoji, fist pump, clapping hands, say a hallelujah. Let me know you're with me, all right? God bless you. Don't fear. Do not fear. Number one, 
because I've redeemed you. Number two, I've called you by your name. Calls us by his name. Why? Because he knows us. He loves us. And number three, you are mine. That's some good reasons not to fear. No fear in life. No fear in death. Because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you may go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thank you, Lord. And again, in verse 5, don't fear because I am with you. I will bring your descendants with you. I'm the God who walks with you. I, I got to tell you this. This is, I was sharing this with a few of our guys, our staff on phone call last night, conference calls we're getting today ready. When I was preparing the sermon, I was writing this brand new message. I had my earphones on. I was listening to the hymns of Shane and Shane. And I kid you not, it was, it was a miraculous moment. As I was writing this sermon and the text off of this sacred page here, and I was writing the thoughts I felt like God wanted me to share with you today, the very words on the song that came through were these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? This is the song. And I was like, ooh, wait a minute. I'm listening to it. And I'm, I'm reading the text, and I just have this album on. I'm just listening to the various songs. And the very time, very exact moment that I'm reading and studying about don't fear, at the same moment the songs come in, I'm like, ooh, goodness. Kind of gave me the spiritual eebie-jeebies, you know, the chill bumps. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not freaky. That's not spooky. That's just God helping me, speaking to me, encouraging me to say, don't be afraid. I am with you. I love you. I created you. Lean into me. Check this out. You don't need to be afraid. An awesome God we serve. I would leave this with you. Number one, trust God in the storm. When you pass through the waters, trust in God. I know there's a lot of water. Water being a metaphor, right? Sickness, pain, unknown, difficulty, stress, hurt, divorce, cancer, COVID. Trust God. Number two, praise him in the storm. Give him praise and worship him from a place of, of sacrifice. Somebody said, pray all the time when you feel like it, but pray especially when you don't feel like it. Tuesday night, I don't know what this is going to look like. I just know God has burdened us to keep praying. It'll probably look a lot like this. I may sing a couple songs. I may just be leading you in prayer and engaging you to join me in prayer. The last thing I would share is allow God to use you in the storm. Be present to others. Reach out, check on one another, care for one another. When you pass through the storm. One of my favorite stories is a man by the name of James Harper, a pastor in Wales, in England. Uh, at the turn of the 20th century, he pastored a little church. He ran about 20 
God's hand and favor was upon him. The church grew to about 500 people. His wife died. True story. James Harper's wife passed away. They had a daughter named Anna. He was heartbroken. Look, God does not prevent us from walking through the trials of life. It's going to happen. It's part of living in a fallen world. But here's the thing. God promises to walk with us and use us. Moody Bible Church in America, named after Dwight L. Moody, reached out to James Harper across the pond and said, look, we believe you're our man. We believe that God's calling you to be the pastor of the Moody Bible Church. And so James Harper, he resigned his church there in uh, Wells, a growing church, a phenomenal ministry. He said, Anna, let's go. And they, they got on a boat. They began to sail in 1912. And the name of that boat uh, was the Titanic. And James Harper, because he was a widower, was allowed to be on a rescue boat. He got Anna and her cousin on the boat to safety on the little raft boat. And everybody was like, you go, sir, because, you know, you're a widower. You're, you're the only person she has. You need to get on the boat. And James Harper said, I can't do that because I'm a saved man. I know where I'm going. But there are many people on this boat that don't know Jesus, and that's what he did. He got up and started going from person to person, sharing the gospel. The icy waters below, the ship is beginning to sink. He would take his life preserver, and he would offer. He offered it to one man, and one man said, get away from me. I don't need that. And James Harper said, let me tell you something, friend. You need it a lot worse than I need it. I know where I'm going. Went into the water. He would swim from person to person, man, or uh, mostly men. And he would say, sir, give your life to Christ. I mean, he kept doing that as he was passing through the water. He was being the presence of God among these people. And here's what happened to this one man. This one man from Scotland. He came up to him and he said, sir, are you saved? And the man said, no, I'm not. And then James Harper said, believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And the man said, no, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. So James Harper, he floated around a little bit, came back around to the guy a little bit later. And James Harper said, uh, do you believe now? And the man said, I do. <laughs> he said, call upon Jesus. And the guy, he said, Jesus, save me. Take my soul. I, I want to be in heaven when I die. Four years later, of course, James Harper passed away that day. He died in the Atlantic. But four years later, there was a reunion of those who survived. And this man from Scotland was one of those who survived. And he has this testimony. He said, I was James Harper's last convert. Very interesting, an article I read by Doug Mize. He says, when the Titanic set sail, there were delineations of three classes of passengers. Yet immediately after the tragedy, the White Star Line in Liverpool, England, placed a board outside its office with only two classes of passengers. And the two classes of passengers were, one, known to be saved, and it would list their names. And then the other list would say, known to be lost, and it would have their names. That's the way it is today. There are those of us who are known to be saved. We know Christ. We know he created us. We know he redeemed us. We know he loves us. We received him as our Savior and Lord. We repented of sin and trusted in him, and by his grace and grace alone, we have saved. And our names have been moved over to the column of saved. 
What about you? Where's your name? Is it in that column of saved? Or would your name be under the column of lost, known to be lost, and will die and spend an eternity in a Christless place called hell? Today, you can change that. Yes, your name can move from the column of the lost to the column of the saved. You say, I want that. I want this peace that you people at Great Hills have. I I want to be able to walk through these waters. I, I want to be able to lean on God. I want to be able to help other people. How do I do that? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Here's what you need to do. And I speak with you with all the boldness and the authority of the Word of God. The Bible says you are lost, you're on your way to hell, and Jesus offers you forgiveness. He offers you salvation. You say, well, what do I need to do? Say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Lord, I know I've I've done plenty wrong, and I'm separated from you and your grace. So, Lord, right now, I'm asking you to forgive me and come into my life. I turn away from my sin. Jesus, I'm yours. Come on now. That's it. That is it. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Do it today, friend. Do it right now. Call upon the name of the Lord. And as you do, come on now, you got to tell us about it. You can send this note here. It's on the ghbc.org slash connect. You got the connect card line there on the YouTube and on the Facebook. Just let us know. Just say, look, I've given my life to Christ, one of our pastors, somebody from this church. We're going to reach out to you and love you and encourage you and help you. Look, that's why we're here. Give your life to Christ today. Right now, right now, do it. Say, Father, thank you for saving me. I give you my past, my present, and my future. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving many today. And thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Isaiah 43. When we pass through the waters, help us, Lord, to remember that you created us. Help us, Lord, not to lean away from you and get in a bad way, but lean into you, Lord. And just help us, Lord, to be, um, to be faithful, to remember, God, that you are for us, you're not against us, and you care for us. So, Lord, that's my prayer today. I'm, I'm praying for each person that's listening, praying that many would come to faith in Christ, and others, Lord, you would strengthen us. And I pray for our church, God. We, Lord, we need you. We need a special touch from you. Lord, we need revival. Lord, we need sustenance. Lord, we need the presence of God more than anything else. Lord, would you visit with us on Tuesday night as we gather, virtually, as we gather to pray. Lord, we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for listening in today. Just know Great Hills Baptist Church, Ashley and I, we love you very much. We're here with you. We're praying for you and the rest of our family and friends and everybody across the, the airways, the channels there. Just know that we're here for you as well. We love you. Thank you for tuning us in. God bless you and have a blessed day.